The Old Testament lesson for this Easter Sunday is from the book of Isaiah, the 25th chapter. And this text foretells of the Savior who will come, who will destroy the power of death. On this mountain, the Lord of hosts will make for all peoples a feast of rich food, a feast of well-aged wine, of rich food full of marrow, of aged wine well refined. And he will swallow up on this mountain the covering that is cast over all peoples, the veil that is spread over all nations. He will swallow up death forever. And the Lord God will wipe away tears from all faces, and the reproach of his people he will take away from all the earth, for the Lord has spoken. It will be said on that day, Behold, this is our God. We have waited for him that he might save us. This is the Lord. We have waited for him. Let us be glad and rejoice in his salvation. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. And the epistle lesson is from 1 Corinthians chapter 15. St. Paul writes, Now I would remind you, brothers, of the gospel I preached to you, which you received, in which you stand, and by which you are being saved, if you hold fast to the word that I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the Scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the Scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas and then to the twelve. Then he appeared to more than 500 brothers at one time, most of whom are still alive, though some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles. And last of all, as to one untimely born, he appeared also to me. For I am the least of the apostles, unworthy to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace toward me was not in vain. On the contrary, I worked harder than any of them, though it was not I, but the grace of God that is with me. Whether then it was I or they, so we preach, and so you believed. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. He is indeed alive. He is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. Please rise for the reading of the Holy Gospel. The Holy Gospel according to St. Mark, the 16th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. And when the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of James and Salome, bought some spices so that they might go and anoint him. And very early on the first day of the week, when the sun had risen, they went to the tomb. And they were saying to one another, who will roll away the stone for us from the entrance of the tomb? And looking up, they saw that the stone had been rolled back, and it was very large. And entering the tomb, they saw a young man sitting on the right side, dressed in a white robe, and they were alarmed. And he said to them, Do not be alarmed. You seek Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He has risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him? 
but go and tell his disciples and Peter that he's going before you to Galilee, and there you will see him just as he told you. And they went out and fled from the tomb, for trembling and astonishment had seized them. And they said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. He is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. That was the early morning hours. The first day of the week, Sunday, Mary Magdalene and Mary the, mother of G- uh, Mary, the mother of James and Salome, had purchased spices so that they could anoint the body of Jesus. And overwhelmed with grief, with bloodshot eyes from tears, from crying, and exhausted by sleepless nights, they make their way to Jesus' tomb. The beloved one is dead. They had hoped Jesus would be the promised Messiah, their Savior. But he had failed. He had failed miserably to satisfy their expectations. And now his bloody and battered and bruised body is imprisoned in a tomb. The entrance to his tomb is sealed by a heavy stone disc. Oh, their hearts sink. They sink to an even greater level of despair and despondency as they enter the cemetery garden where Jesus is laid and realize their hopeless predicament. Confused and dazed by grief, they had not thought about the dilemma that now presented itself to them. Who will roll the stone away from the entrance of the tomb? These few ladies certainly couldn't do it. The stone was far too heavy. In fact, the stone had probably started to settle into the soft earth. And the tomb is being guarded. It's being guarded by soldiers so that no one will steal the body of Jesus. And then Pontius Pilate had ordered that the stone be sealed. So they realized that they will not be able to anoint and prepare the corpse of Christ with the spices that they had purchased. That sealed stone represents their hopeless condition. But then, but then they discover the glorious message of Easter. Mark tells us that when they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, had been rolled away. And as they entered the tomb, they saw a young man that was dressed in a white robe, and they were terrified. Do not be afraid, he said. You're looking for Jesus the Nazarene who was crucified. He is risen. He is not here. Now the women didn't know what to make of this news. Bewilderment and fear overwhelmed them. And despite the angel's assurance, they were alarmed. But soon... Soon their, fa- their, their fear is replaced with courage and their despair is supplanted with hope and their tears of sorrow are transformed to tears of joy and laughter. For Jesus is alive. He's resurrected from the dead. Their sins are atoned for. Satan's head has been crushed. Death is conquered. Jesus is 
the Messiah. He's their Savior. He's their King. He is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. Now during this Lenten season and Holy Week, we at St. James have been listening to a variety of messages shouted at us by various kinds of stones under the theme, the stones would shout. Now what do you think the stone sealing the entrance to Jesus' tomb might shout at us if it could speak? Mary Rose Benton was directing a children's Easter performance and overseeing the casting of the children so that they felt comfortable with the role that was given to them. One boy insisted that he be the rock in front of the tomb. Wouldn't you rather have a speaking role, the director asked. The boy insisted that he wanted to play the role of the tombstone, the rock covering Jesus' tomb. Well, the play went smoothly, and following the play, Mary asked the boy if he liked his role as the rock. And the boy beamed, oh yes, oh yes. It felt so good to be rolled away from the tomb. I'm sure that if that tombstone covering Jesus' grave might speak, it would shout, Jesus opened sealed tombs. And does it ever feel good to be rolled away? This has been a year of sealed tombs. Many of us have sealed ourselves in the tomb of isolation. Some of us have sealed ourselves in the tomb of fear and anxiety. Some of us have sealed ourselves in the tomb of annoyance. Some of us have sealed ourselves in the tomb of anger and rage. And hundreds of thousands of Americans and people all around the world have literally been sealed in a casket or an urn because they have died of any number of causes. And thereby, millions of people are sealed in the tomb of sorrow as they grieve the death of loved ones. Many are sealed in the tomb of hopelessness. And probably all of us are sealed in some kind of tomb or tombs even this morning. If so then the message of the stone that once covered Jesus' tomb is a timely one. For it shouts, Jesus is in the business of opening sealed tombs. Because of our sin, we will all die. There's no way to avoid it. Sooner or later, we are going to be sealed in a casket or we're going to be poured, our ashes will be poured into an urn. Many have tried to beat death, but all have failed. Dr. Akbal, a Sunni Muslim, was interviewed a number of years ago 
And he was asked the question, are you afraid of what is to come as you age and die? And Dr. Akbal replied, I'm afraid of what comes after death, not of dying. And rightly, he should be afraid of what lies after death. For apart from Jesus, there is no way that the stone of death, and that includes eternal death, is rolled away. Jesus says of himself, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. Have you ever met someone like this doctor? Frightened? Even terrified of what awaits after death? I've also met people who are anxious and afraid not so much about their fate after death, but they have a fear and a dread of the dying process, of suffering from dementia, or contracting cancer, and dying in great pain, or living with chronic pain. Some are very fearful of being dependent on other people for the basic functions of life as they age. And others are very anxious about leaving loved ones behind. Whether a person fears the process of dying or is terrified of what comes after death, death is an an immense, massive, immovable rock. So how do we remove the stone of death? Well, we can't. We can't. Christ is the only one who has the power and the strength to remove the stone of death so that we might live forever. It was sometime in the early Sunday morning hours in the heart of Joseph of Arimathea's tomb that the heart of Jesus begins to beat. And Jesus awakens from his sleep of death and he nicely folds up the cloth in which his body had been wrapped and he rolls away the stone. We heard in the prophecy from Isaiah this morning, these words, on this mountain, Jesus will destroy death, the shroud that enfolds all peoples, the sheet that covers all peoples, the sheet that covers all nations. He will swallow up death forever. Jesus is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. Some of you will remember the B.C. comic or cartoon strip penned by Johnny Hart. In one particular cartoon strip, Wiley, he's the character with the wood peg for a leg and also known to be a poet, Wiley is sitting under a tree and he's writing in a tablet. And this is what Wiley writes. The seed of the women, or the seed of the woman, would come one day to remove their sins and to open the way. A prophet of old had even told on the very day that he would come, and many turned out to praise and shout, though among them there were some who expected a Savior yielding a sword in place of a loving, compassionate Lord. But he didn't come to save their day, nor the head of Rome to sever. No, he came to die, to become the way, the way to live forever. Yes, Jesus is the way for us to live forever. 
The banners behind me beckon us to believe the words of Jesus when he promises, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live, even though he dies, and whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Have you ever heard such glorious words and promise? It's no wonder St. Paul breaks forth in him, and we have Christians throughout the ages have done so as well. Where, O oh, death, is your victory? Where, O oh, death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law, but thanks be to God, for He gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. And so one day, our tomb will be unsealed. It'll be unsealed by our Savior, and, and we will proclaim, Jesus opened sealed tombs, even my tomb of death. And oh, does it ever feel so very good. Now, there are millions of people in this world who inhabit the tomb of skepticism and unbelief. You know, there have always been cynics, people who have refused to believe, who have mocked, and who have even attempted to cover up Jesus' resurrection from the dead. Even his own disciples were skeptical of Jesus' resurrection from the dead, and they resisted believing it. Oh, it's just a woman's story, they thought. It's just wishful thinking, they thought. It's just an apparition. It's a ghost that we're seeing. That's what they thought. That's what they thought. Until they saw Jesus with their very own eyes. And they touched him. And they ate with him. And they became so convinced of Jesus' resurrection from the dead that they dedicate the rest of their lives to proclaiming that he is risen, death is defeated. Jesus' followers are so convinced of his resurrection and the absolute need for every single person in this world to hear this good news that they are willing to die. Willing to die proclaiming that message. We heard from one such former skeptic this morning. St. Paul was a skeptic. He was even an opponent of Christ at one point. But he was converted to faith in Christ, and this is what he wrote. We heard it this morning. For what I received I passed on to you as of first importance, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, that he was buried and that he was raised on the third day according to the Scriptures, and then he appeared to Cephas, and then to the twelve. And after that, he appeared to more than 500 brothers and sisters at the same time, most of whom are still alive, though some have fallen asleep. And then he appeared to James and then to all the apostles. And last of all, he appeared to me also as the one abnormally born. Friends of our resurrected Savior, Tragically, there are still many who refuse to believe in Jesus' resurrection. And some even mock this good news. And throughout the ages, and even today, they attempt to cancel Christ. Such people remain sealed in the tomb of unbelief and the tomb of death. 
Sadly, for such people, Easter is nothing more than chocolate bunnies and coloring Easter eggs and family meals and the arrival of spring and blossoming flowers. But it's to such a world, to such a people, that Jesus, our Savior, sends us. Jesus sends us to proclaim that which is of first importance. Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures. He was buried, but He was raised on the third day. Everyone needs to hear that Jesus opened sealed tombs, even the tomb of skepticism and unbelief, and, he does, and boy, does it ever feel good when that stone is rolled away. Heaven's door is wide open to us. He is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. You know, there's resurrection, life-creating power in Jesus' words. The words he, speak can, he speaks can literally raise the dead. I mean, do you recall the story of Lazarus? Lazarus was Jesus' friend. Lazarus had died, and, he, and for four days he's fermenting in a sealed tomb until, that is, Jesus shouted, Lazarus, come forth from your tomb. And the tombstone that covered Lazarus' grave was rolled away, and Lazarus came forth, alive. Well, the Bible tells us that from the moment of our conception in our mother's womb, we are sealed in the tomb of sin. We have about as much life in us, spiritual life in us, as a stone has life in itself. And as impossible as it is for a dead person to will him or herself back to life, so it's even more impossible for us to will ourselves to be spiritually alive. St. Paul writes, As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time. We all gratified the cravings of our flesh and followed its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of God's wrath. But, but St. Paul continues, because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive. He made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in our transgressions, for it is by grace that you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ, and he has seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. Did you hear that good news? God is rich in mercy, and he has made us alive through the power of His Word. You see, Jesus' death on the cross atoned for all of our sins. Jesus' resurrection from the dead assures us that our salvation is complete. Heaven's door is open to us. The Spirit of the Lord breathes new life into us through our Lord's life-creating, powerful, creating Word. And so when we're baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, God's powerful promise removes the stone of sin. It shatters it. It obliterates it. And a resurrection of sort takes place in our heart. And we confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that Jesus Christ is Lord. 
and we receive God's forgiveness and his promise that not even death itself can separate us from him. And oh, does it ever feel good. Does it ever feel good to have the stone of sin rolled away by God's power and grace? To know that we are saved by God's grace alone through faith alone in Jesus Christ. That our victory over sin and death is so sure that St. Paul says, God has raised us up with Christ and he has seated us in the heavenly realm. Jesus is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. And it's when we live in this knowledge, when we have this certainty, then we know that Jesus can open other tombs in which we find ourselves sealed. And so this morning, if you find yourself in the tomb of confusion, know that Jesus provides clarity to you through his word. If you find yourself in the tomb of despair, know that it is Jesus who can give you hope for today and for tomorrow and for all eternity. If you find yourself in the tomb of anxiety, then please heed your living Savior's invitation to come to him and cast all your cares on him because he cares for you. If you find yourself in the tomb of loneliness, then please know that he is ever-present with you. If you find yourself in the tomb of anger, he provides you with peace and patience. If you find yourself in the tomb of shame, he assures you of his forgiveness. And if this morning you find yourself in the tomb of grief, he promises to walk with you through the valley of the shadow of death, no matter how long or how far that valley goes. And if you find yourself in the tomb of death, in other words, if you find yourself staring death in the face and you know there's only days or weeks before you will die to be with the Lord or someone you love is in that predicament, then know that Jesus, who is the resurrection of life, promises you everlasting life. Whatever tomb you find yourself this Easter day, remember the message of the stone that was rolled away that first Easter morn. Jesus is in the business of opening sealed tombs and oh, does it ever feel good when that stone is rolled away. Jesus is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah.